I gave up many times. I had $100 to my name at one point. I almost lost my house in foreclosure at another point. I uh, drove Uber at another point. I just never gave up. I don't know. It was just, it's like in my blood to just not give up. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey everybody, welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen and we just got done this leadership series. So we were doing a series about leadership, about my mentors, uh, brought on Jocko, brought on the EOS coach that I, that I had my dad. I just brought on the last podcast we just did that you guys listened to was my, an old CO, an old commanding officer of mine at HSC 23 for the Navy and he shared some of his leadership wisdom. And I feel like over the past couple weeks, past three weeks or so, we've been really trying, we've been talking to the the We've definitely been talking to the people who are just getting going, but we're, we're mainly kind of been talking to the people who are already running a company, have a lot of people that are on their team, following them, those kind of things. So what I wanted to do here today is I wanted to go back to uh, talking to some of our members. So some of the runway and altitude members. So a lot of you guys know, we've kind of rebranded the company under seven figure flipping. We created two groups as I took over the company. So we have the seven figure runway program, this group that we rolled out at Flip Hacking Live. And we have the seven figure altitude group, which a lot of you know as the old seven figure flipping group. So um, what I wanted to do is bring on some of those members members and talk to them a little bit about Flip Hacking Live, what's going on in their experience, and just kind of uh, do a couple interviews with some of our members that have recently joined and uh, jumped into the Mastermind Group or have been members for a while. So this is the first part of that series. So I'm going to have some runway and altitude members come on over the next couple weeks and just kind of find out more about their business, where they are, and uh, kind of what they're doing. So without further ado, I have a good friend of mine and somebody who's been um, around our groups for a while, Marina Sood. Hey, Marina. Hey, Bill. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for taking the time and coming on with me. And so before we get going, let's, I, have you been on the podcast before? I think you have. Yeah, I've been on a podcast with Justin and then a couple of other people. Okay, cool. So yeah, I think I remember one with uh, you and Justin as you were kind of getting going. It was very early on, I think, in like Housemaking Formula or something. Is that right? Yeah, I think my goal at that point was like to make 250000 a year to gross. I remember that. <laughs> awesome. So I tell you what, we'll, uh, we'll find that podcast and we'll kind of link it in the show notes so people can see that and see where you, where you were and where you are now. So if let's just assume, let's just, assume, oh yeah, you look great. Let's just assume that nobody knows kind of who you are and just uh, share with everybody uh, who you are, where you are, what you're doing. I am Marina Sood. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. I have a wholesaling business uh, called Sisters Who Buy Houses. Uh, I've been around for about five years, uh, but really seriously, like a real business for the last two years. Okay. So um, what's, what's your background? Where are you from? So I was born in Russia, which is actually Ukraine now. Uh, and I came to the United States when I was nine years old. Okay. And is your sister younger or older than you? Uh, my sister is younger. Okay. Um, so do you think that gives you any advantage uh, in like kind of working here? Coming, what, what was your parents like when you were growing up and stuff like that? I, I, th um, I think it makes me work pretty hard. Um, we came here, there were six of us um, and we had $500. 
and that's all we had to our name and nobody spoke English. So, you know, working hard is kind of part of my life. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see that in you for sure. Uh, definitely. You're constantly uh, like a thirsting for knowledge and asking questions and things like that always involved. What, um, did you, where did you guys move to when you, when your parents came over here? Uh, we, uh, lived in Italy for a little while and then we moved to Louisville where I'm at now. That's basically primarily where I grew up. And then I went away to school in Chicago, New York, and came back to Louisville 10 years ago after my father died. Um, and I worked for the army for about four and a half years. Hmm. What'd you do for them? Uh, psychologist. Uh Oh, uh, <laughs> as long as the tables don't turn today, I'll be happy. So, okay. Uh, we, you know, it's funny cause we have another, we have a, um, air force psychologist in the altitude group also. Oh, uh, they live over in, in Dover now. Cool. So, uh, yeah. they invest in Oklahoma city. So I have to link you guys up. You guys can okay. <laughs> get everybody on the couch. All right. So, uh, so you did that for a while and then what got you into the real estate business? Why did you make that job? Um, I was at my job as a contractor and I bought my house, the first house I ever bought and uh, rehabbed it and got into the whole flipping side, thought it was really cool. And then about four months after buying it, I found that my contract was ending and so I was not going to have a job and I had a new house. <laughs> so I was like, well, I want to be a flipper and I'm used to going to school. So I decided to go to real estate school and get my real estate license and then I kind of worked my way into wholesaling within six months of having my license and working very hard and making no money. Um, I noticed one of the investors that I was working for, she'd be making like $8,000 of closing and I'd make a thousand dollars. And I was like, what are you doing? Um, and she didn't want to tell me. Uh, I was like, well, too bad. I'm going to find out anyway. Um, and within, so, so I got my license in March of 2014. By October of 2014, I did my first uh, wholesale deal and I was off and running from that point. Okay. So it's kind of, it's interesting. A lot of times agents are kind of against wholesaling, right? Especially it sounds like you went into as a retail real estate agent. So that's really the, those are the agents who are like, no, if, you know, for me, I was in, I was an investor, I was a flipper and, and starting to do that. And then I said, I, I'm going to get my real estate license. because I'm tired of waiting for people to open the doors for me. Cause I was buying off the MLS and foreclosure yeah. auctions and stuff. And so that's why I, I went to get my license. Usually the, the realtors that go get their license and spend six months in the retail world are anti uh, investor. So I guess you were working with some. Yeah, the one that um, I started working for this woman immediately and it was all investor related. Like she actually trained me from before I even had my license, um, all specific to looking for investment properties for her. So I never really knew anything outside of that. Mm -hmm. So I think it worked pretty well. Okay. So then you started, you've been a pure wholesaler the whole time uh, after that? You just started wholesaling? Yeah, as my entire, yeah. My entire life as a real estate agent, I had one listing and one buyer. And after that, I like, no, I'm not doing that. That's not for me. <laughs> yeah. I've done a couple of those as I was trying to figure this game out. To, and so I represented a couple of friends and yeah. it's just, has been a nightmare, but yeah. Have you, have you been a heavy flipper or was that kind of that one property? And then you went right into wholesaling after that. I never flipped any properties. It was my own res residence. I had a contractor. Mm -hmm. um, I list my wholesale deals. Um, that's, I do use my license. That's how I use it. And that's really, been the game changer, I would say for me. 
Okay. But you haven't always been doing that. So that was uh, somewhat, somewhat recently you started doing that. Yeah. Right? yeah. I started doing that a couple of years ago after one of our calls. Uh, Mike was like, you know, you can list on MLS. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that was, you know, it was pretty awesome. So let's, let's talk about that. So what were you doing before that? You were building the buyers list, sending it out to your buyers list and everything? Yeah, building buyers list, sending it out and just not really able to, not a big buyers list or what I do, update or not, um, just not selling um, the deals to our buyer at the time. So a lot of them fell apart. Um, now we put them on the market and a good, most of them close. So they're, they're good deals but not being able to sell them and sell the contract. So I saw that in Pensacola a lot when I was starting to wholesale and it, I just it wasn't getting a ton of traction. My fees were really low. I'd have to kind of yeah. make two, two to 6,000. I think we averaged about 6,000 my first year. And now we're somewhere in the 12 to 12,000 down there and in the twenties here in Nashville, just cause it's a bigger city. It's a cost a lot more to get the deal though. So you probably have a similar market in Louisville with uh, some cheaper type properties and stuff like that. So maybe your, your fees were lower before you were listing on the MLS or potentially not, not finding a buyer. Yeah. Not even finding a buyer. So, yeah. and so how did that change after you started listing houses on the MLS? Um, I was consistently selling, so I actually had a business <laughs> as opposed to starving to death, getting a deal, being happy, then depressed because there was no deal, you know, for two months, the roller coaster. I actually had a steady, you know, steady business. Okay. So when, do you, what were, do you have any idea of what your kind of average fees were before and what they were after um, when you're kind of listening them on the MLS? Um, they're kind of all, you know all over the, the place um probably mls average fees are like eight nine thousand something like that but less too they could okay. be a couple of thousand uh, i'm not gonna say no you know <laughs> you, you just do deals so let's so let's go back you so you started wholesaling you, you started getting your license and you started wholesaling um and you, when did you find kind of like our community was it around that time that you started learning or was it later what did that look like um i think I think you guys were around for about a year. Um, I heard a podcast with uh, Sharon Warnhall with Andy, and he was talking about systems, like kind of describing his company. And I had one of those aha moments. I was like, wow, like I want to do that. And so that was a, I was off and running looking for Andy. <laughs> so what, so what attracted you to that kind of model, the systems and, and process type stuff? You know, to hear that somebody could do that. Cause I, you know, I wasn't surrounded by people that believed you could do that. You know, the, the attitudes mainly been like, Oh, you can get a few deals here and there. You can't make a business out of wholesaling. You should be happy to make a few thousand dollars. That's pretty much the attitudes that I've come across here in my market. Um, so just to have some, to know that it's possible he did it. Yeah. And so just for anybody that's listening, I would, uh, I don't want to put words in Marina's mouth, but when I heard Andy and Justin talking about this stuff, it was kind of having a business that has people that operate inside the company and can kind of run without you. A lot of the stuff that we've been talking about the past few weeks as being a leader and being a business owner, not just being a side hustle real estate investor that does occasional deals and has no prediction of what they're, what's coming up in the future and, and what they do. And, and you're constantly running from project to project. And that, cause that was my problem. I was, I was flipping a house a year and I felt like I was doing 
hundreds of hours of work a week because I was going to Home Depot and I was doing the work myself and I was doing everything just for one house. So that was my struggle. Is that, is that sound about right? Yeah. I mean, I've never flipped a house. I have no desire to ever flip a house. <laughs> like our fees are good enough to where it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, you know? Um, so yeah, unless it's a rental that I'm going to hold on to, then that's different. But I don't want to flip anything. <laughs> it's funny because some, it's, it's, it's pretty rare. I think that I come across a wholesaler that doesn't think that the grass is greener on the other side and a flipper who doesn't think the grass is greener on the other side. So somebody who's like really happy with what they're doing and they don't feel like they need to go do something else. Because I, I, I talk to so many new wholesalers who are just like, I'm just want to make enough money to start flipping houses because that's where all the money is. And then a lot of flippers who say, I mean, these wholesalers don't really do anything. They just make much money all the time. These fees are great. And I pay these huge fees. I, sh- I could do that where I think they're two wildly different businesses. Yeah, yeah I agree. So, so, okay. You found, I guess it was kind of like houseswing formula at the time or something that you yeah, uh, went into. Yeah. Okay. Cause I remember seeing you on some of the videos and stuff when, so I, I didn't know anything about that community. I heard uh, the podcast when seven figure flipping took off this, this new program. So I just said, I'm joining that thing. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't know anybody in houseswing formula. A lot of those houseswing formula members were the early members of seven figure. They all knew each other. I remember showing up at the first meeting I had no idea who anybody was, but it seemed like they'd known each other for years. And um, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a little bit um, tough to get into that kind of community because they were all kind of had been talking online for years and stuff. So, so did that change your business? Like when you jumped in there and got to know Andy and started watching the videos and stuff, or was it just still kind of slow going I, for you? It still was like a roller coaster. It was like, oh, this is just not going to work. I mean, I gave up many times. I had $100 to my name. At one point, I almost lost my house in foreclosure at another point. <laughs> I um, drove Uber at another point. <laughs> wow. Um, I just never gave up. I don't know. It was just, it's like in my blood to just not give up. So what, so at that time, so you, you were an agent and you started doing some wholesaling, but it just wasn't consistent. You joined House Swimming Formula thinking that was going to kind of solve your problems. Andy was going to show you exactly what to do. And so what do you think happened there? Like, why, why didn't it take off the way that you wanted it to take off? Like, what was I going spent, on? I like, a couple of years really, like, being on the calls and just implementing the info, really immersing myself in the info, getting everything together. I think two things helped. One was being able to list an MLS, but the other was uh, getting myself out of the business because I am not a good salesperson. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, that was major. Um, I can do it, but I really hate it. And it's just not a natural thing for me. And then there's my sister who is just very outgoing and everybody in Louisville is her friend and she can do redneck really well, whatever that means. (laughs) Um, and she's just, I don't know, you know, she just can do things that I can't. So, So So when you were having those ups and downs and struggling, was your sister involved in the business then? Well, so my sister was involved in the beginning when I knew nothing before I joined the group or anything that Mm -hmm. didn't work out so well. I was on my own for a few years and then she joined. It started very like, she's just going to like answer the phone. Um, it, It was like in September of 2017 um she answered the phone and i could hear it was through rumber the recordings and i'm like wow she's really good on the phone like people really like her 
And I was like, well, maybe she's good in person too. <laughs> so I trained her and she started going on appointments. And so when she started going to appointments, was that, was that the time that you kind of came out of that slump? Well, we had um, 55 closings last year, um, which was, I was very happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was really her first full year in this company. So I think that's really important to highlight here because sometimes we, we think that we're actually saving money and saving time and saving all of the, the resources, whatever you might think by doing it all yourself. So for me, when I was going to the houses and swinging the hammer, I thought that I was saving money by doing the work instead of hiring somebody that costs a little bit more. But what I wasn't doing was I wasn't going out and look for the next property. I wasn't going out to raise more money to do a second deal. And then when I got finished with that deal, I made good money. I made like $40,000. But when I did the math, it was the only deal I did the whole year. I probably was doing work for about $10 or $12 an hour. And it took me six more months to find the next project. So because I wasn't out looking for the deal, the deal, I got done, put it on the market and went, okay, where's the next deal? And I have to wait for this one to close to fund the next one. So then it was two more months before it closed. And then now I, st I can't even, I, now I'm looking for the next deal. It took another three or four months to find the next one. And then the, the process repeated itself year over year. So it sounds like the same thing for you. You were not the best closer. You're going on these appointments. You're not, you're not buying these houses as deep a discount as you need to. And then you realize that someone could potentially be better than you bring your sister in. And next thing you know, you're, you're not going bankrupt. You're not in foreclosure. You have more than a hundred dollars to your name and you're doing 55 deals in the last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, so join, obviously joining the group, wasn't that joining the housewing formula, wasn't that kind of silver bullet that you thought it was going to be to just, you know, watch the call and implement some of that yeah, but, stuff. But then when I heard Mike talk about us on one of the calls, that was a big, big deal. Like, so that, just that one kind of, that one nugget. Right, just that one nugget. And, and I think that was actually uh, maybe in the, the six figure mm -hmm. the group that I joined, I think. Just that one thing was enough to like completely change everything. It, isn't that funny that some people will, when I'm talking to some people about, you know, occasionally I'll get on a call and like, what is this thing? What is this group? What are you, what are you selling? And it's just like, look, for a lot of us, when you're doing, we're doing like $3 million this year, five or 10% change is huge for us, right? It changed quarter million dollars, $300,000. I mean, that could be the owner's significant owner profit for the year. But in somebody who's just starting their business, that one change, that one thing, you never know what you're going to get. You didn't go in there going, I'm, I'm going to get something that can dramatically change my business. You probably also changed your mindset, your, the way that you think about things, the way that you approach things. Like, bringing your sister in and being confident that you could hire her as opposed to just doing it yourself and being in this world of people around the local people who, like you said, that they don't think like you do and don't want to grow something like you do. Yeah. So, so, okay. So you, you mentioned six figure flipping. So at that time you your house will be formula, then you joined six figure flipping and you, you heard that. And then that, that significantly changed your business. So let's just fast forward. We just came out of flip hacking live and have, have you been to one of those before in the past? This is my first one. 
Oh, really? Okay. Um, so your first one, so you've been in the community, been in Housewing Formula, been in Six Figure, you've been to some of the events that we do, like the private mastermind events that we do, but the first time that you've been to Flip Hacking Live. So you don't really have anything to compare it to, but what did you think about that? Like, what did you expect going into it? And what did you feel like it uh, coming out of it? Well, I was like, well, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to make a vacation out of it. And I'm going to go to San Diego, then to Utah and see Zion National Park and just kind of that kind of attitude. Um, and also I worked the, the first day, like that whole day, like I closed in three houses. So I was like constantly on the computer. <laughs> but then an interesting thing happened the second day. The internet was down in the entire hotel. I was losing my mind. And I couldn't work because I have a little bit of a, you know, ADD. So I was like, but because of that, it made me really pay attention. And that was the day when people came on stage and it like a light bulb just went off. It was like, wait, like they're talking about something that I think that I can do. I could, I could see that happening. And from that point on, it was like, I don't know. I, okay. I just decided I was, I was going to join. <laughs> so, okay. Let me get this straight. You okay. didn't pay attention to anything that I did the first day. That's no, it. I, did. Okay. I did. All right. All right. So the first day work, you know? <laughs> I saw you on the computer the first day. So what I did was I told the, I told the hotel to cut the internet no, the second day. <laughs> oh, please. Yeah. No. Uh, so it's, it's interesting that you say that because so I, you know, in the beginning of those events, and what you'll see at all of our other mastermind events. So you, you did obviously join the seven figure altitude group that, which used to be the seven figure flipping group that we uh, changed up. So, but when you go to these events, my biggest thing is to push putting, putting those things down, like closing the computer, turning the phone off and really being present because what would have happened if that one thing that you needed, that one Mike Simmons comment of listing houses on the MLS, you didn't capture at that event. And it was another year before you did. And now you have $100 left to your name. You're losing your house. You're doing all these things. And you can't get back. You can't bounce back. So the, that's the biggest thing that I push at these events is to really be present at them because I know exactly how you feel. I was there. I remember my first meeting and Mike Simmons and I talked about it um, on our, our podcast, a couple of podcasts ago about the CEO-COO relationship. When we talked about, I saw Andy sending me emails at our first meeting, he's sitting on the counter with no computer, no phone. I never saw him on an electronic device and he is sending me emails of deals. And I'm, cause I'm sitting there working at the first meeting and Justin's sitting right next to him doing the same thing. And I said, I, I want to figure out how to do that. And I said that, that was actually my goal is to figure out how to do that inside the first year. And at the third meeting, it was in San Diego the next year, uh, the uh, second, that was a first, no, it was like the first flip back in life. I just had everything. I put everything away. I didn't have to because I had my team was running and it was, it was like nine to 10 months when I could just shut it down for two days. And now it's really nice because I can shut it down completely. Like we can be on this call. I don't need to check my phone. I don't need to check. We're doing deals. Everything's happening. But, um, that's really hard to do when you're working in your business. And it sounds like you're still there kind of, right? So, so I'm a little bit of a workaholic too, you know, I mean, that's on me, <laughs> but it was really, um, that was major that the, that the internet was down. I mean, it really made me pay attention in a way that I don't think I was doing up to that point. So do you think that, did anything go wrong? Did anything that you couldn't fix happen while you were away from your computer for that whole day on Friday? No, totally. <laughs> 
So it's, it's interesting because we try to control stuff and I'm, I'm a, I'm a workaholic too. I'm a hard worker, no doubt about it. And I'll tell you, I will rewind in a little bit, but the fact that you stuck with it and didn't quit at that time when you were really down and you had a hundred dollars to your name and all these things was, is it just a testament to the hard worker and the kind of person that you are and not going to quit. And that's, that's, those are the kind of people that become successful in despite of everything else. So so the first flip hacking live, the internet was down, you started paying attention. What were the kind of things that you heard at that? Like what, what was it that was kind of what, and what, what kind of motivation did you get from that? What is other than just obviously joining, joining the group, but like what, what takeaway did you take from that at, from that event that was powerful for you? I mean, when people were on stage, <clears throat> just regular people were on stage talking about where they were to making a million and more. And it just hit me. I was like, you know, I want to be a millionaire. Like, I want to be a multimillionaire. And I think that these guys can help me. Like, in fact, I know they can help me. And then I started crying. And I don't know why. <laughs> I was so emotional. I could not stop crying. So, like, you're sitting in the audience crying? Yeah. And I had to go to my room for a little while. <laughs> when, okay. Wait. Okay. I want to hear about this. So, when was this? Was this, this was during the uh, panel you're talking about? Yeah. Um, it was. It was after the panel when everybody went to sign up if they wanted to. Like, I had to go calm down for a little while because I was, I was very emotional. Like, I felt like I almost, I mean, I don't know what you're going to think about this, but I almost felt like my father's present with me in that hotel. And just this very strong feeling of this is exactly what you need to do right now. Okay, so you, so we did the panel. The panel was... Um, and just for anybody who wasn't there, I just brought a couple people up uh, and just tell their story a little bit, like where they were, a lot of different people. We had uh, some Arianne uh, Lemire and uh, she was up there. She's been, uh, her and Chris, they've been on the podcast before talking about their story a little bit and a couple other people um, that I'll hopefully bring on the podcast to you guys and share some of their story. But very similar to some of the interviews that we've done in the past of people and that were kind of at a point that uh, made a change and, and reached you know, a million dollars or more, or, or even, you know, two, 300,000, just seeing success in their business and just sh- trying to show people that this is just regular people. There's nothing special in anything that we're doing, anything that they're doing, any of that stuff. And, um, it's interesting that you had that kind of uh, reaction to that it, I wonder if, like, did you just feel like you, you could be up there, you saw yourself there or. I, I saw myself. In fact, that's one of my goals, <laughs> um, is to be up there one day. Um, I don't know. It just all kind of came together. I realized how much money I made, how many deals we closed on, and without really a big team, just me and my sister and a couple of VAs, a lawyer. I mean, you know, I just saw the possibilities there. So you saw your, maybe you saw yourself at another position and it just kind of hit you that, um, uh, so do you, do you feel like, um, like that, that event was a turning point for you in where you're going or was it something that you just realized, Hey, uh, just, I, I don't know. What was it about? Was it the event? Was it the people? Was it the atmosphere, the whole environment? Because I feel like the energy kind of like went up at that event somehow. I mean, honestly, Bill, it was you <laughs> to be honest. Your energy is unlike like anybody I ever met. And it's very sincere. I have a pretty good bullshit, you know, meter, whatever. <laughs> and just meeting you and talking to you and listening to you. That had a lot to do with it. 
Wow. Okay. Uh, well, I'm honored to, uh, to be a part of that. And thank you very much. I, my whole mission for this event was um, to, to, to do something different than what we've always done and be more of more authentic, just kind of more just open and honest and uh, to share a lot of the, we all have struggles, right? It's a lot of what we're doing here on the podcast, who, people that are coming on, they're starting to see that um, the different kind of people that are in this business. It's just, it's not suit wearing Lamborghini driving people that are in our community. It's people who really care about other people. And when we do that, that's how, that's how you run a successful business, right? So exactly what we've been talking about. So um, I, I appreciate that. I didn't, uh, I didn't know that was part of the part of it, but it's awesome. I'm, I'm honored to be a part of that, your journey and your decision. And I know that we've, we've kind of seen each other on, uh, on video calls, but it's very impersonal, right? Like even this, we're so far away. We're so, um, um, just, I don't know, just disjointed when we talk on computers and things like that now and just being there. And what I found from it, what I really took from it is that we just have an awesome community of people that cut, that we attract people that are like us to this event. And I've never seen the kind of energy go up over time. Usually it, it kind of goes up a little bit, then it crashes at the end. Um, at a lot of these events that people just get kind of overwhelmed and stuff. But I felt like people didn't want to leave. They didn't want to stop. They didn't want to go back to their room. They just wanted to stay there, which yeah. I've, I've never seen at any of the other events we've done. And I was even, you know, I, I have a problem uh, being around a big group of people for long periods of time. And I was fine. Yeah. I stay, it, you would, you would, yeah, it doesn't look that way. Right. But, but at the end, my batteries are like completely drained that Saturday night. I went up to my hotel room and some of the, the members were up there and everything like that. And I just, I had, it's like Andy was up there and Becca and Terry and Adam and Jeremiah and, um, and Mike Simmons. And I just said, guys, look, you can stay in the hotel room. As, you can stay in my room as long as you want, but I'm going, I got to go to bed. <laughs> It was like yeah. nine o'clock and yeah. I just, I was out in two seconds. It, it's just completely on, on empty um, because we tried to leave it all out on the stage. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay. So you saw that you, so tell me about your dad. You saw your dad. What, what do you mean? Uh, I didn't see my dad. I just kind of felt his presence. I, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it. So what is, um, I just got very, what is his influence in, in you? What, what, is, what is it about? Uh, tell me about your dad a little bit. Uh, my father was an entrepreneur and an in inventor. Um, he spent his <laughs> whole life trying to invent things. He had a patent for something. Um, very business oriented. Um, I look just like him. Um, almost identical. Um, so we have a lot alike, you know, in common. So what did he, did he teach you something when you were young? What was it? Was, you yeah, feel like I mean, most of his businesses didn't work out and his patents didn't work. Um, like he still picked himself up and just moved on. He just never gave up. Um, even, I mean, he had cancer. He died from brain cancer. Even at the end, he was fighting that he, he you know, he wasn't going to give in to that, but you know, some battles you just can't win. Was he on your list in the beginning of the event? Was he what? Uh, was he one of the people on your list in the beginning? Uh, the first presentation that I did where, I don't know, maybe you came late or were you there? They, oh. um, so we talked about core values and who are like, who has influenced oh, yeah, your life. Yeah. Is he a big oh, part yeah. of your life, like influencing yeah. your life? Yeah. So I could see that. Absolutely. So when you moved back to Louisville, that was when, uh, at the time when your dad passed away. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Sorry to hear that. So 
Okay. So you were at the, you're at the event and you felt this, you went up to your room, you got refreshed. Um, so what was the rest of the event like? Was it, was it different for you? Was that like kind of the turning point for you? And then you yeah, saw that was the turning point. And, and I actually wanted to, I actually wanted to skip the last day <laughs> because I wanted to see San Diego. And I talked to Andy about that a little bit because I didn't realize it was three days. I thought it was two. So I, I was accidentally there for the third day. Uh, but Andy and I kind of looked at each other. I'm like, all right, who's going to have to wait? I'm staying <laughs> to the very end. And, and, and so I did. Because at that point when I decided that I was joining, I was paying very close attention. The computer wasn't an issue anymore. Okay. So, um, so it sounds like you, we kind of had to force you into this, uh, into this, this, um, mindset of I, this is actually valuable content. I need to pay attention. I'm getting some things from this. Let me put my computer away and turn my phone off and just be immersed in it. All right, good. We converted, we converted one person at this event from a skeptic of the, what do these guys know? Uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I do a little bit, do half and half. So I, I do that a lot. I have, uh, we, you know what, before this, we were, uh, Nate, my CEO and I were on a, um, a call with our EOS coach and he said he was giving us a visionary integ integrator, um, like the rocket fuel type uh, presentation for us at, in preparation for our event. And, um, he, he said, here's some qualities of a visionary. ADD, not paying attention, easily distracted, all these things. While he's saying that, I am looking at my other screen with my email up, reading an email, and he goes, Bill, what do you think about that? And I was like, I totally agree. Oh, that's great. It's, so it's exactly what you're talking about, right? But that's why we are the visionaries of our companies. That's why we are so successful. That's why we do, um, do well as business owners and entrepreneurs is because we are able to juggle five different things at once. I, so, in fact, am not going to join any groups. Like, I came to San Diego with, I'm not joining any groups. Like, I'm not going to pay that much money. What are, what are they, crazy? <laughs> and, and this is from somebody who has been in the other groups before. Like, you, you were a member of Six Figure Flipping, and you were a member of House Me Formula before that. So, so let, okay, let's talk about that now that you bring it up. You're like, no way. This guy's not getting any money out of my pocket. No chance. Like, so, it was that. It was just the fact that you could see this, this group being what you needed to get to the next level or what? It was, this, this was for real. Like you guys were for real. This group was for real. The people were for real. <clears throat> and I, I just believed in it a hundred percent. I still do. Didn't you already know that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know more. <laughs> All right. So, so you came in uh, and joined the altitude group. So we had this seven figure runway in the seven figure altitude groups and you've been kind of in the Facebook group for about, well, it's about a month, maybe a little less and been on some of the calls and things that we've been doing. So have, has there, has there been any change in your business or anything that you've seen that's, uh, that's changing you? Like the best thing I could have done was join this group. For me personally, I feel alone a lot of the time with my I don't have people to talk to. Uh, I just just get on the group, put whatever discussions, people's content. It's been really awesome. Okay. So I, that's how I felt too. Uh, I felt like, especially when you don't have a business partner or anything like that, and you don't have necessarily anybody else to bounce things off of ideas uh, and just kind of being around people that are just like you, that think like you, act like you, talk like you. And just, I, I don't know, it gives you this, and it gives you this 
this arena to, to work with like some people that are, that are running similar businesses that have the same struggles as you, they, they'll celebrate your wins and they'll, they'll help you. They'll pick you up when you're down. I think it helps to also see the possibilities. Like if you see people, you believe in them and you see that they're where you want to be and they've done it, you now have a blueprint for being able to get there versus, you know, being surrounded by people that don't even think that way. That's just not a possibility for them. Totally agree. So what is your, so what were your goals kind of going into that event and how have they changed since that? I kind of felt like, wow, like I, I should, you know, I feel really fortunate. I should, should feel fortunate. I made all this money this year and I really hope that I can do the same, you know, <laughs> next year. And now it's like, no, like I, I want to know exactly what's working, what's not working. I want to tweak it. I want to double it. I think I can and I'm doing everything that I absolutely can to make it happen. So. So do you have any like actionable things? So after that event, was there anything that you're like, okay, in the next 12 months, I'm going to put this, this, and this in place. Like, where are you? Like, where are you going? So you did 55 deals last year. Are you around the same number? Last year, about the same this year. I think we grossed about 569,000 last year, probably similar this year. Um, Just kind of looked at my business in a different way. Not like so grateful you know, to be around more like step back and look what worked, what didn't, why, uh, and how can I double that? So now we have another acquisition person. So there's something about that. I think that'll help and researching another market, um, like on a daily basis, like MLS access buyers lists, like every day there's something Mm. and I'm excited. Yeah. And you know, I'll tell you from, from being on the outside, looking at you and seeing you, your kind of journey over these past few years with us. And right now, what I see in you is a lot more confidence. I think, I think probably what you got from this event, from the transition that I see in you now and some of the comments and questions that you're asking and and things like that is that you realize that you're, you were really, really successful. And whereas I think before you might not have had that validation in yourself from other people and, and probably yourself, like just the fact that you didn't necessarily think that you were as successful as you are. You come to this event, people are asking you questions. They're looking at you like, whoa, you're doing way more than I thought I could ever do. But then you're also seeing people that are up there doing more than you're doing. And you're in the middle going, I can go there, but I also, I feel like you, you just really needed that that other people believing in you and that you, and you finally accepting it yourself and saying, I'm, I'm a rock star. And I think you're there now. Like, I think you have this, there's this change in you where you're not doubting yourself. Like I've seen you on calls before where you're asking questions like Marina, you know, the answer to that, you know what to do. Like you're, you're there just constantly at that point where now I really feel like you've kind of, it's funny because we played a lot of music from, um, uh, from the greatest showman at, at our event. And if you ever like go back and watch the, the, when they're trying to get greenlit for the greatest showman, there's a, there's a video of them pitching their last investor and the singer from this is me, the bearded lady. Right. And, um, and this is a long story and I might butcher it, but um, Hugh Jackman has uh, had surgery. So he had stitches all over his face. They had makeup on, but they were pitching this investor and, and she's, she's not necessarily the most like out front and, um, and 
personable person, but a phenomenal singer. And, and she did a phenomenal job in the movie, but that song, this is me. There's a, there's a part in this uh, YouTube video that you could see where she actually kind of like, they, they think they're going to get, they're going to get greenlit. She actually comes out from behind. I wish we had the clip right here. I could, she comes out and you could just see her kind of like shed this person in the same song that is, this is me. She like sheds this kind of, um, shyness a little bit and comes out and you can see the guys that wrote the music on the piano that start banging a little harder. And then Hugh Mitch, Hugh Jackman stands up and like, he just starts singing. Like he's not allowed to sing. The doctor said, do not sing. And he just, everybody is involved and it just erupts inside of this audition where it comes alive. I just got chills watching it, even just talking about it right now. And that's what I see in you is just like this, there's transformation that happened somehow. And I don't know what it was, but I see it. I can see the change in you. So I know from before that you might've been at that 55, 60 deals. And now there's no limit to you or anybody else that, that can get that feeling inside this group or anywhere else for that matter. Once you, once you feel that and you know it and you own it in, internally, yeah. game over. Like nobody's going to stop you in anything that you do now. So Yeah, I think that is the biggest difference. I feel different. I really do. I feel different. It's awesome. And uh, I, I, we will never pinpoint what it was or what it is. And I think it's just, I think it's just being around really great people. And cause I feel, I feel way different than when I showed up at that Dana point meeting for the first time. I mean, I'm a significantly different person for that uh, since then. And it's just being around people that make me a better person. And well, people are everything. They really yeah, are. That's it. And now, now, now the key for you is to take that and, and figure out how to give it to the other people that are on your team. Because when they believe that and feel like that, there's, there's no stopping your team. Like right now there's no stopping you, but you've got to figure out how to be that leader and pour into those people where they feel that way too, in their position and their roles. And they, they realize that they're in the right place. So you're fine. You're, you realize you're in the right place. You got it. you owned it. It's time to just explode now. So there's definitely nothing stopping you. I guarantee it. So watch out world. Watch out. If you are in a surrounding area around Louisville, you better watch out because Marina is asking me questions about market expansion and where do I go and what do I do and how do I blow this thing up? So um, I, I think that I think I'm really excited to see what you do with it and where you take it. And I'm excited for your sister to be on the ride with you and everybody else. And um, I, I'm happy that you that you came into the to the community and, uh, and became part of it again. Happy to. Thank you. So, um, what else, anything else that you want to share with the listeners kind of before we go? Not really. Just don't give up. Um, don't give up. So don't give up when you have a hundred dollars in your name, there's still more to, you, st you can still dig deeper. Right. Um, yeah. and, uh, I think, I think some of the biggest things are, you know, don't discount some of the, some of the tips and tricks that you're given from someone. Like if you had taken that thing and said, oh yeah, wholesaling on the MLS, well, somebody told me that uh, that's illegal, so I'm not going to do it. You probably had to work to figure out how to do it, right? Oh, the minute I did that, my MLS people went crazy and they said it was illegal. And my lawyer jumped in and was like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and they put me right back on. So yeah, immediately. There's people everywhere that tell you you can't do things. Just mm -hmm. You got to find out for yourself figure out how to do it, figure out how. So somebody knows how your lawyer knew how. So is the, is the Dan Sullivan thing that we talked about, right? Find the who that knows how to do it. And it was your lawyer he figured it out. He got you back and, and, and you did it. And, and that's the thing. Everybody's going to say, Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do this. Look, 
that's fine. Believe that. Like, go ahead. But I'm just going to be over here doing, do it with, with integrity. Be ethical about everything that you do. And you're, you're, and be, do right by the people, right? Take care of the people. Yeah. And that's, it's a people game. It's a people business. Everything is. So, all right. Well, hey, I appreciate you spending some time with me. I had a lot of fun. Um, I, I learned some things about you I had no idea about. And um, it's, uh, it's good stuff. It's, it's really good stuff. I appreciate you coming on, sharing your experience and being somewhat vulnerable about uh, some things that, <laughs> that happened. And, and thanks for telling me that you weren't paying attention to me the first day. That's good. Um, I'm going to be scanning the audience next year, looking for people that have their computers. Oh, no. Um, so I had a lot of fun putting on that event. I think it was different than anything that we've done. I'm excited about doing it next year, um, at, uh, wherever we do it. So, um, all right, Marina. Well, thanks for hanging out with me. I appreciate you kind of sharing your story and some of, uh, thanks for having me on your background. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll share the, uh, the original one in the show notes. And then what we'll do is you can listen to that one. You can listen to this one and see if you can hear and feel and see the difference, uh, in, uh, the woman that's leading this company in Louisville, Kentucky. So you're not far from me. So we need to get together uh, a couple, a couple more times. Maybe I'll, I'll fly up there and, uh, and say hi and hang out for a little bit. So I've always wanted to go up to Louisville. All right. All right, Marina. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the seven figure flipping podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com.